0: Welcome to Native Talk Arizona, presented by Native Health and Radio Phoenix. Later in the show, Kami Ortiz and Lauren Bahi, prevention specialist at Phoenix Indian Center, will tell us about the Safeguarding Medications 101 program. And we'll chat with Adrian D. Thomas and Cody Brugier, two members of the band One Way Sky. But right now, Susan Levy talks with Trudy Jackson, patient navigator for American Indians and Alaska Natives at the Mayo Clinic Cancer Center here in Arizona.
1: On the phone today with us is Trudy Jackson, patient navigator for American Indian and Alaska Natives at the Mayo Clinic Cancer Center. Welcome to our show, Trudy. Thank you for having me. We're super excited that you're with us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? My, my, my name
2: is Trudy Jackson. I'm an enrolled member of the Navajo Nation. And my educational background is a master's in American Indian Studies um, with a bachelor's in American Indian Studies and in Public Service Public Policy, all from Arizona State EEE University. Um, my previous work has included working for Native Health, Native American Connections, and Southwest Center for HIV AIDS.
1: You've done so much, Trudy. So tell us about how your path that's led you to Mayo Clinic and your interest in working there.
2: I applied with Mayo Clinic because the patient navigator position included working with American Indian Alaska Natives and providing community assistance to the patients. It, it also includes the opportunity to converse in my uh, in the Navajo language with Navajo patients. Since cancer is a new area for me, I wanted to gain new knowledge by challenging myself to be open-minded and making an impact on all the American Indian Alaska Native patients that I encounter.
1: Do you get a lot of um, American Indian patients at Mayo Clinic? We get a lot of referrals, yes. So tell us, I'm not really familiar, what kind of services are available at the Mayo Clinic in Arizona?
2: Okay. So um, the Mayo Clinic was originally founded in 1883, By uh, William Worrell Mayo, um, MD, and Mother Alfred um, Moses after a devastating tornado in Rochester, Minnesota. Following the disaster, Franciscan sisters and Mother Alfred helped fund the construction of a hospital and serve as nurses under Dr. Mayo and his sons, William and Charles, by providing medical care. In 1888, the sisters opened St. Mary's Hospital and worked worked very closely with the Mayo Medical Practice. The Mayo Clinic made contributions during World War War II. In 1986, Mayo Clinic opened in Jacksonville, Florida. In 1987, Mayo Clinic Scottsville opened. Then in 1998, Mayo Clinic Phoenix opened. Mayo Clinic values are rich ties, which R stands for respect, I for integrity, C for compassion, H for healing, T for teamwork, I for innovation, E for excellence, and S for stewardship.
1: So, what's your role at the Mayo Clinic?
2: My role as a patient navigator is connecting with American Indian, Alaska Natives that are referred to the Mayo Clinic for clinical trials, our cancer care services, and treatment with appropriate community services, that may be barriers to patients such as lodging, food, transportation, and support group. Many Native patients are overwhelmed when they come to Mayo Clinic, in which I assist them with navigating the cancer center. To help create a unique Mayo Clinic experience for all patients that walk through the doors of Mayo Clinic with, quote, the needs of the patients come first, unquote, philosophy.
1: So what is the Cancer Center? The
2: Cancer Center provides the overall treatment research programs across all three Mayo Clinic sites. The Mayo Clinic Cancer Center is designated by the National Cancer Institute as a comprehensive cancer center. This means the clinic's renowned physicians, researchers, and scientists carry out team-based, patient-centered research to develop the latest technologies and instruments.
1: Can you tell me a little bit, so as you're talking about the Cancer Center, what are the common cancers that affect American Indians and Alaska Natives?
2: According to the American Indian Cancer Foundation, breast, colorectal, and uterus are the top three cancer diagnoses among American Indian, Alaska Native women. Breast, lung, and colorectal are three common cancer deaths um, among American Indian women, prostate, colorectal, and ki- kidney are the top three cancer diagnoses among American Indian Alaska Native men. Lung, prostate, and colorectal are three cancer deaths um, among American Indian Alaska Native men.
1: How would you help a family and an individual that's affected by this by cancer, and then refer to the Mayo Clinic Cancer Center for care?
2: My role as a patient navigator is to work with the care team so the patient understands their treatment plan provided by their provider. To help the patient understand their diagnosis, encourage patient to ask their provider questions and be an action member in their cancer care team.
1: Okay, so what are some common barriers for American Indian patients that are affected by a cancer? You know, is it Uh, What barriers do you see, whether it's transportation, language?
2: Okay. So um, patients travel from Indian reservations, which a patient may need assistance, with lodging, which can vary from a a night to a couple nights, or it it can expand into weeks or months, Um, transportation to and from the Mayo Clinic, and food. Some patients may not understand the medical terminology shared by the provider, and patient in which some patients may better comprehend in their native language versus English interpretations. If patients are utilizing the public transportation system, then some may not know how to navigate it or set up a dollar ride public transportation options. Some patients are hesitant to discuss the subject on cancer as it may be viewed as taboo.
1: Are most of the people coming in to see you, are they from Arizona or outlying states as well?
2: all over the country.
1: Wow, that's a lot. That's a big responsibility for you. So what if a patient requested for traditional medicine over Western medicine? How is that addressed at Mayo Clinic?
2: Mayo Clinic values diversity and inclusion of all patients. Patients have access to the chaplain for spiritual care to make sure the patient's needs are met. Some patients may prefer to smudge or burn cedar before and after their treatment. If patients desire them, Mayo Clinic will accommodate these needs of honoring the patient's traditions and culture.
1: So you're able to kind of help and assist with that if that's something that they wanted? Yes. Okay. So can you explain the difference between radiation and chemotherapy treatments?
2: Radiation includes proton and photon laser treatments, which are directly aimed at the location of the center. For example, if a patient has throat cancer, then a protective wear of a shield is around the head and throat area to protect other parts of the body. The radiation treatment includes physics, math, and drawing to provide a picture of the exact location for radiation beams to target. Chemotherapy often comes in two forms, IV or oral. Chemo can be administered through a port that is inserted in the patient's chest Are through an IV. Chemo may also come in the form of appeal, which the patient would take as directed by their provider.
1: So tell me a little bit about what kind of community resources are available to American Indian, Alaska Native patients when they receive services at Mayo Clinic. Do you work with community partners, or is it just everything within Mayo?
2: The Mayo Clinic Patient Library is a great, great resource for American Indian and Alaska Native patients to understand their cancer diagnosis. The Patient Navigator is available to help the patient navigate their care team coordination with providers, nurses, social workers, and to understand the importance of radiation, chemotherapy, or surgery, as well as the side effects from treatment.
1: So I know we're almost out of time. I've got a couple more quick questions for you. So can people reach out to you, or do they need to be referred?
2: Most patients are referred to me internally at Mayo Clinic or from the Phoenix Indian Medical Center. Some referrals come from tribal communities, Indian Health Service, and 638 tribally owned health care facilities. New patients can call 800-446-2279 or go to mayoclinic.org forward slash appointments.
1: Okay, awesome, Trudy. I think we're about out of time, but we wanted to say thanks for taking the time to talk with us. And I'm super excited that you're a Mayo. I know you do an amazing job, and those families are lucky to have you.
2: Thank you so much over for the opportunity, and I look forward to sharing the interview over with my colleagues here at the Mayo Clinic.
0: Coming up, we'll talk with Cami Ortiz and Lauren Bahi. Support for Radio Phoenix comes in part from Native Health, located at 4041 North Central Avenue, Building C, near the corner of Central Avenue and Indian School Road in Phoenix, and in Mesa at 777 West Southern Avenue, near the corner of Southern and Extension Roads. Native Health provides primary medical, dental, behavioral health, WIC, and wellness services services, for the urban Native American community. For more information, call six oh two two seven nine five two six two or visit our webpage at nativehealthphoenix.org. Native Talk Arizona will return after this song. You are listening to Humanity by One Way Sky.
1: Welcome back to Native Talk Arizona, presented by Native Health and Radio Phoenix. I'm Susan Levy. On the phone with us today is Cami Ortiz and Lauren Bahi, prevention specialists at Phoenix Indian Center. Welcome to the show, Cami and Lauren.
3: Hi, thank you, Susan, for inviting us to the Native Talk. Uh, again, my name is Lauren Bahi. I'm one of the prevention specialists here with the Phoenix Indian Center and Urban Indian Coalition of Arizona. My clients are Nastaja and I'm gonna hand it over to uh Cami
4: to introduce herself. Hi, thanks Lauren. A, um, I just introduced myself in my uh, Navajo language,
1: but it's awesome to be here. Thank you. Well, welcome. So can you tell us a little bit what is the Phoenix Indian Center?
3: Yes, yes. Uh, So the Phoenix Indian Center is one of the oldest and also continuing American Indian Centers here in the United States. It's been operating since 1947. And the Phoenix Indian Center, we serve the American Indian communities and culturally relevant youth services, languages, cultural revitalization programs, and education and workforce development. Uh, This year, we're actually celebrating our 75th anniversary this year and which also comes with a new logo and also a series of community events focused on culture throughout the rest of the year. So look out for our posts and stuff regarding our upcoming series of uh, events in 2022.
1: Awesome, Lauren. So can you tell us what kind of programs do you have in your prevention program?
3: Oh, yeah. So our prevention program offers quite a few different um, diverses of workshops and stuff like that. So some of the workshops that we offer here with, the, with our prevention program includes Parenting in Two Worlds, the Fostering American Indian Youth Workshops, Living in Two Worlds Workshop. We also offer Safe Talk, Assist, QPR, and Suicide Prevention Trainings. And we also offer diverse uh, community events workshops such as historical trauma, underage drug and alcohol. And also we have, we have our monthly GONA events and community uh, for the community and for the youth as well. And I'm going to have Cammy kind of introduce a little bit about the Urban Indian Coalition of Arizona.
4: Yeah, so we, um, at PIC, we actually house the Urban Indian Coalition of Arizona. Um, we work together to prevent suicide, underage drinking, and the use and abuse of marijuana and prescription, pill, uh, prescription drugs through learning about your culture so we can um, improve the overall well-being of our AI youth and their families. Um, we're actually having our upcoming retreat on um, January 25th. Um, So you can definitely register for that on our website. So, yeah, come check us out. And we really try to uh, increase the awareness about um, alcohol and, like, drug
1: use for our American Indian youth. So are these programs open to any American Indian youth in Arizona, Maricopa County, and you have to be an enrolled tribal member, or is it open to anybody who self-identifies? So our
4: programs, um, you actually do not have to be – American Indian to utilize our program. So we actually encourage all um, all community members um, to come out and um, take advantage of our program. So you can be
1: um, from any tribe in the U.S. or you can be non-native as well. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about a prescription drug abuse. How do you know what it is? Uh, tell me all about it. Okay, so a uh, prescription drug abuse
4: is when adults, adolescents, um, grandparents, literally anyone you can think of can consume prescription medications in a way that is not intended by the prescribing doctor. So this can vary from just taking a friend's prescription, um, prescription for like a backache, or it can lead to something more serious to like um, snorting ground up pills just to get high.
1: So is this a huge problem?
4: Yes, so prescription drug abuse can affect um, all age groups, whether it be teens, adults, grandparents, but that early um, intervention of drug abuse can prevent any like accidental overdoses, but you always wanna talk with your doctor if you think you like have a problem um, and never feel embarrassed to talk about it, you know, cause our medical professionals are always trained to help you and not judge you. Um, but in recent years, there has been an increase um, In recent years, there has been increased emergency room visits, overdose deaths um, associated with prescription drugs because, you know, um, COVID-19 left left many of us bound to our homes.
1: Do you have any programs that talk about, like, safeguarding your medications? Yeah, definitely. So we're actually here to
4: talk about our Safeguarding Medications 101 workshop that is happening on January 27th at 12 p.m., This workshop is completely free and will teach participants the dangers of abusing prescription medications. We'll be offering recommendations on how to keep uh, youth and family members from misusing them. Um, And what I really like about the presentation is that it's geared toward our Native communities. There are interviews from tribal officials and our very own people. Um, It acknowledges that this problem, it acknowledges that this is a problem in Indian country and not everyone may know about it. So in a way it empowers us to protect our homes and be the change we wanna see for our future generations. Uh, the workshop will happen over Zoom. So it's completely virtual and it's during your lunchtime. So you know, come out and join us during uh, your lunch hour and you can learn a little bit about uh, prescription medications
1: so, if you missed that one and you can't do it during your lunch hour, are you going to have another safeguarding medications one one program? Yeah, definitely. We
4: um, we try to have them on a monthly basis. So, if you can't um, check out this one, um, there'll definitely there will definitely be another one upcoming um, in February.
1: Awesome. And are the you said there's only through Zoom? What can, are they able to be viewed at any point on your website, or is it only through Zoom? So unfortunately, it's only through Zoom. You have to register for it,
4: and you can find the registration link on our website. It is a live session, so you just have to regist- register for it on our uh, Phoenix Indian Center website.
1: All right, so Lauren, I've got a question for you. What things could indicate if there's someone abusing prescription medications in the home?
3: Yes, yes, yeah. Some things that, uh, that are are high indicators and stuff are when when individuals are stealing and forging or selling prescription medications, and also when they have excessive uh, mood swings and hostility towards uh, uh, other people, and also they're also requesting. So, if you're noticing uh, patients who are requesting early refills for continually or constantly losing their prescription medications, those could be high indications that they're, they're going through these medications and mis, misusing these medications, uh, where they're causing them to go back and refilling uh, continually and losing their medications as well. Um, other, other indicators include you know seeking prescriptions from more than one doctor, and also uh, meds are running out much quicker than usual.
1: So are prescription medications the only thing that can be abused, or could it also be like cough syrup or anything in my medicine cabinet? Prescription medications are not the only thing that can be abused. You know, you may have heard of the, um, the
4: term substance abuse, and that includes um, taking illegal drugs and alcohol excessively. And that can also lead to addiction and um, a bunch of social, physical, emotional, financial problems.
1: All right. So what are the most common drugs that are abused, Lauren?
3: Yes, the most commonly uh, abused drugs include anything from like painkillers, anti-anxiety, such as uh, sleep depressants, uh, stimulants, and also stimulants that treat attention uh, defects, such as hyperactivity disorder and ADHD. Uh, opioids include anything from Oxyco- uh, Oxycontin and Percocets and uh, things such as uh, Xanax, Ambien and vilum
1: Okay, that's very helpful. Um, I have a question. So what if people want to get to safely dispose of their medications? Is there a drug take-back day coming up?
3: Oh, yes, yes. So thank you for bringing up the Drug Take Back Day. So the National Prescription Drug Take Back Day event is a DEA-supported event, uh, and it happens statewide. Um, In the state of Arizona, we have agencies collaborating with one another, and they're collecting and disposing of medications uh, that are unwanted, uh, expired, prescription medications um, and actually there's one coming up in January 29 uh, South Mountain Works Coalition is hosting a community net and we're actually collaborating with them uh, just providing some uh, some some disposal some doTERRA bags and also mail and envelopes so uh, feel free to stop on by on January 29 from 8 a.m to 11 a.m uh, they'll be located uh, at the Walgreens on 7th Street and Baseline. Uh, their address is going to be on 7606 South 7th Street, Phoenix, Arizona, 85042. Uh, and there's actually another drug take back event that's coming up in April 30th, and this one's going to be the national one as well. And uh, we'll be setting up over at the Phoenix Indian Medical Center as well. So look out for our flyers for that event, and we'll be collecting medications uh, from, from the community as well.
1: Okay, and how can someone learn more about the programs, and how can they contact you?
3: Yes, yes. So check out our social media platforms with the Phoenix Indian Center. Where we have, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and w- we usually post all of our upcoming events through our newsletters on, on these um, different platforms. And you can also visit our website at the phoenix phoenixindiancenter.org. It's um, P-H-X. Center.org, and just click on the prevention tab. Um, and also if you want to look for other lo- uh, local collection boxes, uh, they're set up all throughout the Phoenix and Valley area. So you can find them at the www.dea.gov slash uh, yeah, Take Back Day and you'll be able to to find some of the collections all throughout the Phoenix area where you can um, look for these uh, green boxes, and you can drop off your medication safely.
1: Thank you so much, Cammie and Lauren, for taking time to talk to us. All right. Wonderful.
3: Thank you.
0: Coming up next, we'll talk with Adrian D. Thomas and Cody Brugier, two members of the band One Way Sky. Support for Radio Phoenix comes in part from Native Health, located at 4041 North Central Avenue, near the corner of Central Avenue and Indian School Road in Phoenix, and in Mesa at 777 West Southern Avenue, near the corner of Southern and Extension Roads. COVID vaccinations and testings are available at both locations for anyone over the age of 5. For more information, call 602 279 5262 or visit our webpage at nativehealthphoenix.org. Native Talk Arizona will return after this song. You are listening to Reap and Sow by One Way Sky. ¶¶
1: Welcome back to Native Talk Arizona, presented by Native Health and Radio Phoenix. I'm Susan Levy, and on the phone with us today is Adrian D. Thomas, also known as Smokey D. Palmtree, and Cody Bergier, two members of the band One Way Sky, a chill hype alternative rock band from the Gila River and Tahana Otham Nations. Welcome to our show, guys. Hey. Please tell us a little bit about yourselves.
5: So, like you just said, we're a chill hype alternative rock band from the Gila River Indian community and the Thonautum Nation. Uh, There's four of us all together in the band, but unfortunately two of our members couldn't make it today. So it's just me and the drummer today. Um, We've been going at it for about three years now. Uh, We just released a full EP on Spotify and iTunes, and uh, we actually have a show today.
1: That's pretty awesome. I did listen to your music, and I really, really liked it. So tell me, what is One Way Sky, and how did you come up with that name?
6: Uh, one Way Sky, the, how we got the name was from a traffic sign. We got it from the, the One Way sign. And uh, me and Adrian were uh, driving from Guitar Center one day from picking up drumsticks, and we're just trying to like figure out a name At first, it was called One Nation, but then we kind of just thought, like, well, One Nation's already taken, so we just kept searching and searching, and like I said, I came across that one-way sign, and I was like, one-way, one-way, one-way. I just kept saying that over my head, and, like, I don't know where the word sky just popped out of my mouth, and I just kept saying that, one-way sky, one-way sky, and I told him about it, and he's like, he kept saying that, too, and sure enough, that name was born.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. So how would you describe your music?
5: I Kind of describe it as a mix between alternative rock, sort of like Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and a mix of some some modern indie, some like, you know, kind of like The Wallows or Mac DeMarco type. So it's kind of like a mix between alternative rock and indie music.
1: So do you incorporate any kind of traditional or indigenous facets or parts of to your music?
5: Well, not necessarily in uh in our music. Uh, we we definitely want to experiment with uh you know singing in our language or maybe you know uh you know I play Native American flute as well, so maybe like um one day we can have a song with a with a Native American flute in it. But overall um when we when we play shows you know, we get up on stage. We're always doing it in representation for our community. We always shout out our communities, Hila River and TO. We always tell people where we're from. We like to keep our audience informed, even if we're in a place, you know, that's primarily, you know, non-natives. Uh, we like to at least bring a little bit of education to them and let them know where we're from, you know, talk to them in our language a little bit. But overall, like, uh, part, of, part of our band, One Way Sky, like, part of our representation is we just want to be able to put it on for native youth and to show them that, you know, you know, when we started out, we didn't really have much available to us. We didn't have the opportunities of playing shows and stuff. We really had to work for it ourselves. And, uh, you know, we got, we we, we were able to get pretty far with our journey so far. And, you know, we just want to be able to convey that message to our, our younger viewers and let them know that, you know, if they have something in life that they want to go after, you know, they have, they have, they can, they always have that ability to go after what they want in life. So we just want to be able to provide that positivity to our, our listeners.
1: That's a good message. Um, so wh- how many years have you all been playing together?
5: Uh, we've, we started our group in, uh, on March 9, 2019. So we've been going at it for almost three years.
1: And how did you all meet and uh, make sure that you all were able to work compatibly and that the music all worked?
5: Yeah, so me and Cody, uh, we actually were the first ones in the band to meet uh, in high school. Uh, We were both part of our Native American clubs. Actually, we went to two different high schools, but um, our Native American clubs actually ended up uh, meeting up one day and selling some fried bread at a football game. And that's actually where me and Cody met. And we kind of just hit it off talking about music and everything. And the idea of starting a band came up and... uh, Remind you, this is like, well, we were like seniors, freshmen. I was I was like a junior in high school, and this guy was a senior. So at this point, we were like still pretty young and didn't know what we were doing. But all we knew is that we wanted to start a band. And as time went on, I, I, I ended up switching schools. So I went to a different high school, and that's where I met uh, Loma Manuel, who was our bassist. Um, we met there, and uh, we, we kind of, uh, we didn't really talk at first, but then After that, uh, we ended up going to uh, being a part of a a youth council in Gila River called the akhman Pipash Youth Council, and that's where we met David. And from there, we all kind of, you know, just joined forces and created One Way Sky together.
1: I like the story. So was there something or someone in your life that was a catalyst to get you to start writing and playing music?
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, For me and Cody, I can speak for us both um, when we say that there's a band that we both look up to that has kind of helped uh, guide us in the direction of music, and that band is Metallica. That band has been a a primal source for our creativity, and it's just overall, it's like it's a band that we just overall look up to, but other than that, like, you know, keeping it on the Native side, you know, we look up also to, to the, you know, Native American musicians, you know, there's, there's a lot of them out there right now. Uh, to name a few, there's, uh, there's Sage Cornelius. There's, um, who else is there? There's Gr- Red Coast Grizz, who's actually been a big help to us in our journey. Um, Jacob Sheehay, Shee- hey, who plays the Levi Platero. You know, the list goes on and on. But overall, like, we, gave, we got a lot of our uh, exposure and uh, motivation to keep going at it uh, with the Native representation by meeting a bunch of Native artists.
1: So I would say that they inspire you, right? Yeah,
5: definitely. Okay.
1: And you said maybe you're going to add some of the flute, your traditional flute music in there at some point?
5: Yeah, at one point. We're actually in the process of a recording a, a whole album right now.
1: And that one will probably go on Spotify as well, right?
5: Yeah, it will be released on all platforms, but okay. I couldn't say when, though.
1: Okay. So do you have a favorite song that you all have written and produced?
5: yeah um we have this one original that we uh actually started working on uh, it's called piast it's uh basically the name piast is uh in in gila river or in Tio in autumn we say piast as a way of you know it's like a party it's like an outdoor party you know we have some chicken scratch music playing and uh the song kind of like really draws us back back to home um you know, in the lyrics, we, we try to, we talk about, like, the party on the res, you know, the, the dances that go on. And, uh, overall, it's the song that we really find to be close to, uh, really, really hits home for us, you know? We have two, two papers on Yeah. And another song that we also love is actually on our recent album, um, or our, re- our recent release, uh, Soul Searcher. The song is called Soul Searcher. And, uh you can actually listen to that on all platforms right now, but basically that song is uh, the most recent one we recorded. And it basically talks about, you know, finding what it is in life that suits you. You know, what is it that your soul is searching?
1: And how did you come up with, was there something that, it, that led you to do that or just that you were thinking like, uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that?
5: Yeah. So like, I mean, for example, when that, that song came about, um, it was during a time in our lives when we were going through a lot of, like, hardship and struggle and, you know, depression, you know, some things that, you know, a lot of Native kids deal with on the reservation. But instead of turn, instead of using that negative emotions that we got from, you know, our, our environment, we used that and utilized that to create a song in which we can, you know, put out there in a positive way, you know, as a way to kind of let people know that it's going to be okay.
1: record it was this like at your own studio or somewhere in phoenix
5: yeah so our our ep um the songs that are on our ep they've actually two of the songs have been recorded at one studio and the other two songs were recorded at another one the first two songs humanity and live to give were recorded at a studio called sound reaper studios in casa um my friend um Riker gillespie he's the engineer at that that studio and uh We went to college together and he really helped us out with getting a good deal and, you know, getting us our first song ever recorded. And then we ended up, uh, moving to a new studio, which is actually going to be where, where we're going to be recording our, our new album. And it's called Pyramid Studios. And it's a really, it's a really nice studio. Like if you ever, if you ever see it in person, it's like the building is a literal pyramid. (laughs) So like when you, when you, when you roll up to the, the studio, like, it's like looking at the pyramids of Giza and then, you know, it actually goes underground and you go into this underground studio in this big um, pyramid. And we record that, we chose to record there because, you know, there's a lot of a spiritual significance in the triangle, you know, with it being three points Uh, and having our band being formed on the third month of the, of the year. And the sixth day and it was just it was just pretty symbolic for us, and that's why we chose the that studio to be our 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 home basically for our next album
1: that is interesting, especially the triangle and the pyramid um so can you tell me how has your music evolved since you've been composing and playing together?
5: yeah, definitely. Uh, when we first started, honestly, like like I said before, we didn't know what we were doing, even as musicians, you know we were still getting our chops up, trying to you know be the best musicians we could be but you know with that with that motivation you know we had to go through practice first you know playing shows and you know the first shows may have not been the best you know they may have been very rough and we may have messed up many times but you know that didn't stop us from keep going and uh putting uh playing these playing the other shows and every time we played a show we got better you know every time we got up on stage every time we interacted with the crowd we always learned something new And every time we get done and we get off the stage, we all get together and talk about what we could do better and what went wrong to kind of, you know, uh, put that into light so that next time we go on stage, uh, we can we can do a lot better. So overall, it's just been a progressive journey for us. And we're still learning, you know, we we still have a lot to learn when it comes to you know stage presence and getting the crowd interacted and, you know, overall, just like uh, on stage persona.
1: I've watched your videos. I don't know. I think you do a really good job. So have you participated in any Battle of the Bands?
5: Yeah, actually, it's funny that you're talking about that because we actually are playing the finals today. So, so where is uh, it had... going
1: to... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
5: <laughs> I was going to say, um, we had just recently uh, played the first round. So there's there's two rounds to this Battle of the Bands. So we had just got done playing the first round a couple weeks ago. Against this local band called Zafttig Zephyr, and um, we actually came out winning, so we were so excited to you know, have taken that dub for our communities and our people, and we're excited to see how tonight turns out. you know, even if we don't get first place, we're just happy that we have the opportunity to jam again, because honestly, we haven't jammed since, I, since that last show, so we're really excited to, you know put it on tonight at uh, this battle. Hopefully we can get that win and uh, bring, that, bring that trophy back to Gila River and T.O. And, um, yeah, overall, um, the, uh, the, uh, the battle is actually going to be held at the Blues Bar in Phoenix tonight.
1: So when you're not doing Battle of the Bands, where do you play?
5: We play a, we play a variety of shows in the, the Valley, um, mostly at venues like the 44 Sports Bar and Grill, um, we do a lot of community events in Gila River and T.O. We really try to keep it uh, centralized around, um, you know, our, our our home stuff. You know, we want to be able to provide entertainment for, you know, community events and stuff like that. But the main goal in life is to just be able to go out into the world and, you know, play music for people who don't even know who we are, you know, or where we come from. Or people who don't even know where T.O. or Gila River is. You know, we just want to be able to provide some information and some knowledge to those people.
1: So how has your music pivoted during COVID?
5: Um, you know, how I said, we've been going at it for almost three years now. I should just say we've been going at it for two years because COVID, you know, in 2020, you know, it, for a lot of musicians, it was really hard for us because we couldn't play any shows. So I would honestly say we've only been going at it for two years based off of, uh, you know, the pandemic and not being able to play shows. You know, the COVID, COVID has really affected, you know, our music and, you know, when the pandemic actually started, we were actually booked to play a uh, gathering of nations. We were booked to, you know, fly out to Wisconsin to perform at a youth conference out there. You know, we were actually getting on bigger bills and starting to get, you know, paid more for what we were doing. And when COVID hit, that really took a toll on us and all those opportunities flew out the window. You know, we still might be performing at Gathering of Nations, but that's still a big maybe as if if they're going to even have that uh this year. But, um, yeah, COVID really took a toll on us. And, you know, even even myself, I actually caught COVID and it was it was pretty hard, you know, because we couldn't jam and I couldn't be around my friends. So, you know, it's it's been pretty tough for us. And on top of that, with the you know, affecting our families and our homes. You know, it was pretty, it's pretty tough for you know us to have to go through with that. But we made it through, and you know, we're still going through it. We know the pandemic isn't over. We know the COVID cases are starting to rise again a little bit, but um, we're still going to keep it safe. Still keeping it safe, wearing masks. You know, socially distancing, trying to, trying to, you know, get people to understand that and keep each other safe because we really still want to play shows, but we don't want to put other people at risk to you know, come out to shows and have to worry about, you know, catching COVID. So overall we we're still doing our best throughout these tough times, but you know, we're doing we're dealing with what we can.
1: You just did an awesome PSA for memory, mass and social distancing. So thank you. <laughs> um what advice would you give to someone or some youth interested in pursuing a career in music? Uh
6: the advice we would want to give is like, you know, Dream, dreams are not impossible. Dreams are out there. If you have a dream, go and get it. What's stopping you? Nothing. Just keep striving and whatever goal you want to go, just keep pushing. Cause if we did it, you guys
5: can do it. Yeah. And that, to add to that, you know, if somebody has a certain interest or hobby that they're into and big thing i would say for them is to practice put in that practice put in that work because that work's going to pay off and you know if you don't have that support around you at the time to you know go after your dreams just understand that those aren't their dreams those are your dreams those are yours and that's something that they can't take away from you so if you have something in life that you want to do like nothing can stop you that's the message we have for our, our our listeners
1: I think that's an excellent message and a very important one. So we're almost out of town out of time. Sorry. Where can someone go to learn more about your music and how can someone contact you?
5: Definitely. We have Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. Just look up one way sky, three words, nine letters. And then on Instagram, we're one way sky official. Don't forget that official at the end. And, uh, on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Pandora, Deezer, basically any music distribution platform out there, you can find us. Just look up One Way Sky. Our EP is called Soul Searcher. And if you guys want to reach out to us, um, you can definitely hit us up through Facebook or Instagram. Those are our only handles right now. But um, we also have YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> So if you guys look up your one way sky on YouTube, you can, you can find us on there.
1: Like I said, I definitely checked out your music and I really, really liked it. In fact, I downloaded it on my phone. Um,
5: yeah, thank you.
1: I wanted to say thank you, Smokey and Cody, for taking time to talk to us. And we hope you're su- super successful tonight and win the battle of the bands.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Native Talk Arizona, which is produced through a partnership between Native Health and Radio Phoenix. Our sound engineer is Javier Quiroga, and the executive producer is Susan Levy. We hope you'll listen again next week. If you have any questions, please email us at nativetalkaz at radiophoenix.org.